This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have a wonderful guest on, Matt Baxter from Wedge, and we're going to be talking about how do you, how does one objectively grade a video interview, which is a fantastic conversation uh, because I think people kind of understand how to do regular interviews, but because of COVID, we're doing a lot more video interviews, which is great, uh, but maybe, maybe we should uh, talk a little bit about how to be objective in doing that. So without any further ado, Matt, uh, would you do us in the audience a favor and introduce yourself and Wedge? Love it. Well, thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Uh, my name is Matt Baxter, CEO of Wedge. Uh, I have a bit of an entrepreneurial background, started a lawn care company, had a chance to sell that at a pretty early age, which spurred on uh, some of the fun enjoyment of, uh, of stepping in the town acquisition HR tech world, launched Wedge about five years ago, idea in a napkin. And uh, it's a SaaS product that we help companies uh, leverage video interviewing and video screening in their hiring process. It's been a wild ride. Uh, I've got to meet some awesome individuals in the talent acquisition HR world like William Tincup. Uh, so I'm just uh, excited and honored to be here. So, okay. So let's just talk about objectively. And I know you get questions about bias and discrimination and things like that. So let's, let's talk about, okay, if someone's never done, if a recruiter or a hiring manager or an HR uh, person has never done a video interview with a candidate before, how would you give them, you know, just start, just start at the top, the advice, they've never done it, this is the first time, what's the advice out of the box? Yeah, so first question to that, are we talking asynchronous or are we talking like live Zoom synchronous? Let's do, let's do asynchronous. All right, so, you know, my, my first question would be, uh, think through a standardized process. And I, I know all the different video, the, the vendors out there pretty much have, have the same flow of like, you, you, you first want to think through what are the, you know, three to five to 10 to 20 questions that you want to ask. Our recommendation um, is three to five, probably no more than five, just because it just gets long and daunting on the candidate. So typically what we encourage, you know, a recruiter or hiring manager to do is say, hey, why don't you pick three to five questions? We strongly encourage them to be air on the side, more on the um, behavioral side of things, uh, more soft skills, uh, more cultural fit. You're trying to understand a little bit more about who this person is rather than technical on an asynchronous video um, interview. And so, you know, first step would be first identify what are the three, maybe five questions you want to um, ask the candidate. And then basically understand what are you trying to learn? Are you trying to learn, you know, is this person a cultural fit? Are you trying to learn, are there certain competencies that you're trying to understand? And just similar to like a regular interview, ask yourself objectively, what are you trying to get out of this? Um, and then the other thing, and this is not necessarily only vendor specific, but ask yourself if this needs to be a, uh, if this needs to be a multi take or a single take, meaning do you want to give the candidate only one shot to record or do you want to give the candidate multiple takes to record little different uh, value gain from either very, very, very position specific. So like a front end salesperson or a cold caller, you probably only want to give them one shot just to see how they perform. Um, 
But the other side of things is majority of people aren't pitching all day long. And so that's where the retakes is a nice softer experience. So just be thinking about like what kind of, what kind of experience you want to give the candidate. Most of the time we encourage retakes as well too. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure I could, I, I, I could speak on that for a long time, but I wanted to make sure I'm kind of touching high level what you're asking for. Sure. So, okay. So now that they've, they, you're standardizing the questions, uh, I love the idea and whether or not you give them the option to redo, et cetera. Do you, can you set the redos, uh, like two redos, three redos, unlimited redos? Can, can one set that? Yeah. Well, you're catching us in the middle of a dev sprint on that. Actually we're, uh, we're right now it's a, it's, it's a fully unlimited uh, retake or it's a one take. And then we're actually set setting it up so that, for certain questions, you could say, oh, this one, they could have three takes or two takes Got or it. five takes. Level of or, difficulty, stuff like that. Exactly right. So we're not, we're not, I mean, probably by the time this airs, it'll be done. But today, not yet. Okay. But, but the idea, though, is, is that for someone to be objective, the, the recruiter or the hiring manager could then go in and set those things de- depending on the position, but also depending on the level of difficulty of the, of the question. And exactly either, right set that as no retakes, one retakes, whatever that bit is, but give them the option. And what's great is that can be done, but job by job. Um, and so it's, you know, it doesn't have to apply to all positions that you have open. Um, what as we deal with objectivity? Um, what advice do you give folks? Because now they're, now they're reviewing things. So the hiring manager's reviewing it, the recruiters are reviewing it. Maybe some of the people on the team are reviewing it. Um, are they writing down notes somewhere? Are they collaborating? Like what's the best practice in terms of, you know, cl- you know, what did you see? What did I see? Cause we're, now we're all, you know, we can't all just kind of get in the conference room a uh, and talk about it. So how do you advise folks to, you know, basically watch the video, watch the candidate answer the questions and then talk with each other about what they saw. Yeah. So um, taking this a, a step for, way further back, something that I think you and I've, you and I've kind of chatted about is when you, when you think of like prison sentences and judges ruling different um, sentences, it's funny that, well, not funny, but it's interesting that the majority of um, easier sentences always happen after the judge has had lunch and typically on Wednesdays and Thursdays of the week. Those are like the most favorable sentences that a judge um, provides to, you know, people who've, you know, were convicted of crimes. And so when you stop and take that same logic for a recruiter sitting down and hopping on a phone screen or a hiring manager sitting down with a person individually, yes, I think people think that they're very objective, but honestly, there's a huge amount of data in other cases of the world that say uh, actually not so much. And so the wonderful part about asynchronous video is that you can review the video multiple times, different times during the day. Uh, as we've spoken about, um, you can collaborate and basically meaning that you can take that video and you can share it uh, with other team members. And then to your point, once you actually have the video complete, you can be sitting on your couch watching them. You can be sitting in the office. You can review them on your phone um, and you can add notes. Um, we have a lot of integrations with different wedge specifically. We have integrations with different applicant tracking systems. So we majority of the time encourage companies to actually take notes in the applicant tracking. Um, just, you know, v- review the video and then all your note taking goes into the applicant tracking system. But yeah, you can go through the note taking process, go through the scoring process, you know, go through all of that. Um, 
And, you know, the, the further piece of that is not only can you individually do that, but you can do that with your team or you can do that. Hey, watch this, you know, William, you and I are on a hiring team. You watch the video. I'll watch the video. We both take our notes and then we compare those notes and make sure that we're in a line or challenge each other of why we're not and, and go from there. So this is a tough one because uh, candidates that just don't do well, that just don't show well on video. Um, and it's same thing, you know, uh, in real life, there's candidates that show really well in the conference room and do really well, kind of an IRL. And then there's candidates that don't. Um, and so video interviewing maybe poses some of the same things, maybe something different there. Um, how do, how do you coach recruiters and hiring managers to kind of get past maybe a bias that they might have about that and just get to the substance of what the person's about and maybe not if they had makeup on or maybe their hair wasn't you know combed or, or something like that <laughs> like some of the some of the things that might get in the way or they've had bad lighting let's do with something video related like their background wasn't great uh and and so are we judging them on their background or are we judging them on, on what they say? So again, we're dealing with objectivity. How do you become objective when you do video interviews? What's your advice for folks? Yeah, it's great. Um, that's, I mean, my, my, not to come back to this, but like retakes are huge. Um, now that doesn't answer the background or the lighting, but you know, majority of time that an individual um, may not be very good, you know, good quote unquote in an interview is probably because they're nervous and they're not, right. You know, they may not enjoy the, you know, the, 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 the immediate sales pitch of themselves, right? They're a little bit more reserved and that's perfectly okay. And that's why we highly encourage allowing somebody to give, have retakes and that way they can review it, make sure that they like what they're presenting themselves versus like the, just the nerves that you have when you're interviewing. So that's on one side of things. Um, you know, I, that's where on the review process, that's where the, the, the co collaboration piece is so important so that you know, if you invite other people into it, you're not just solely judging your own opinions of what that video looks like. So you're right. Let's say I have terrible background and you can hear my dog barking the whole video. Well, if I had retakes, I could know that that was happening, but let's, you know, humor me and say that, you know, the dog was barking in the background, the lighting was poor. Now, am I really able to judge the candidate on their answers? Probably not. Cause I was distracted. That's why you want to invite other people into that. But you know, that's why through the candidate experience, we provide the candidates the opportunity to make sure, hey, your lighting is good. Hey, you do sound clearly. You don't sound clearly. Here's some tips and tricks on how to improve on those things. And so, you know, for somebody who's coaching, excuse me, for somebody who's coaching a candidate, I, I would say the first thing is very simple. Lighting is good. Make sure it's not like, make sure the background is okay. Uh, you know, the Zoom world post-COVID, everybody has their own their own funny background that they put up or they, you know, have that poster that they want to share with the world. So just put, put yourself in a circumstance where you feel comfortable. Um, make sure that you do have some lighting. Um, and I mean, I would say prepare for it or encourage who you're, you're coaching, prepare for it as if it was a real interview. I think, you know, Zoom has caused, you know, a lot of people are wearing, you know, sweatshirts or whatever they feel comfortable in, which is great. And if that was the office culture before, awesome. I do, you know, I don't mind throwing on a button up shirt every once in a while, just so I can like get myself in the mental state that yes, this is something that's like a professional conversation. Right. And so, you know, I would just say there's a lot of different things that you can do to nail an inter video interview. But if you're coaching somebody out there, biggest thing is just, you know, simple lighting, clothing, make sure it's just decent enough. And then also 
just encourage somebody to be themselves. It's uh, it's a platform to, for, for individuals to share more than just a sheet of paper that they are. And, uh, you know, video interviewing in general is. And so that's why we encourage people to just be yourself through this whole thing. So mistakes that you've seen hiring managers or recruiters make as it relates, it's just in general, as it relates to video interviewing. We have, uh, well, we witnessed a organization have 50 questions. <laughs> so essentially the interview is stamina. We're <laughs> interviewing for stamina. Do you have stamina? If yes, you'll, you'll, you'll go through this. If not, you'll peter out. Exactly. God. If you oh, can make it. If your Wi-Fi is good enough to make it through 50 questions, <laughs> you can join our organization. <laughs> That's really what they're testing for. They don't really care about your competencies, just whether or not you have a strong Wi-Fi. That's well, they're it. just trying to figure out whether they have to add it to their budget of, hey, we got to send a Wi-Fi equipment. We got to send a router to that guy because it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's like the CIA interview. That would, yeah. All right. Which they know everything about you. I did this right. bit. Then the, and they know everything about you and all the everybody breaks. It's just a question of when you're going to break, right? Exactly right. So they're going to wear you down. Seventeen hours into the bit, you're just going to cop to it and and, and admit whatever you've done because they already know. They already know. They're just trying to see how long is it going to get you to take to where you know that they know this. And then, and it's so yeah, fifty five questions. That sounds. Uh, a bit extreme, but again, I guess if you're grading for stamina or Wi-Fi, maybe uh, maybe that makes sense. Uh, yeah, okay. exactly right. What, so, what other? What, what other? So I, mean, I mean, just like people, uh, yeah. Um, number one, it's just like think about what the candidate has to go through. So, three to five questions is wonderful. If you're talking about some short, sweet answers yeah you can go a little bit longer than that but typically three to five is fantastic um and you know i would also say um what other big mistakes do we see i would say just not thinking through where this lives in the process um and so you know where we highly recommend companies to put this into their their uh, interview processes right before the phone screen and so you know, all of a sudden it's confusing to the candidate. If you have a phone screen, you have a live interview, and then you ask him to do an asynchronous video. That doesn't make a lot of sense in my opinion. Definitely lives really, really well and strongly um, before the pre-screen. There's a couple odd, oddball use cases that make sense, but majority of the time right before the phone screen. So just be thinking through as an organization, like where does this live? Where does this, you know, work? And how, how can it provide the most amount of value? And then also just... Um, where we also highly encourage companies, this is not a mistake, but this is ones that we see do it really well, is uh, record a video yourself as, as, a, as a hiring manager asking the questions or not a bad time to have, you know, the CEO re record herself and say, hey, congratulations, welcome to this, uh, this position that you're applying for, really excited to have you, right? That's a very nice introduction that allows the candidate to say, oh, wow, great. That's a, that's a you know, fantastic marketing tool. And so maybe not a mistake, but more of an encouragement to say, you know, make it a personal touch. I love that. So preconceived notions that people might have had, again, I'm, I'm trying to uh, unravel uh, why people, why, why wasn't video interviewing more prolific in January? So we all know that now uh, 
because of COVID um, and we can't meet at the office. We can't meet the candidates in the way. So video interviewing is obviously it's become it's it's ubiquitous. It's second nature hiring from home. You're not going to meet the candidate, but you're going to do these video interviews. What 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 held us back? Like why 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 do why do you as you evaluate you know because your business sped up whereas you know some other businesses didn't your business sped up because of people needing to still do the job candidates still needed to be interviewed people still needed to hire and so you're you know and you were there for them so but but looking back at January or December wh- what was holding us back why weren't we already on this fast track. So, of course, I'm never going to say anything bad about hiring managers. Nor should you. They're so near and dear to my heart and uh, a group of people <laughs> I've, I've grown to love. Um, I would maybe take a stab at generalizing and say, typically, HR, we have found, is not on the early, earlier adopting style of things. And so, you know, everybody thinks electric cars are the way to go. It's the way of the future. But most people uh, just bought a new car and it's still a gas car. Why? Just because it's the way of the future. They don't have a need for it today sort of thing, right? Same thing with video interview. Everybody who I've spoken to is like, yep, this makes complete sense. We need video in, I'm not just talking about wedge. We need video in some way, shape or form or a hiring process. Eh, we just don't really have a huge need for it yet. And then COVID hit and all of a sudden, everybody who didn't have video was like scrambling, right? And so, you know, I, uh, to be honest, I think there's an adoption thing. I think also to some HR department's credit, there are some earlier adopters before we were around that tried video eight, 10, 12 years ago. Uh, I'm sure Theo can give uh, mm-hmm. some fun, fun, fun feedback around that, but they tried it and there may be a clunky technology or it didn't work that well. Our candidates had a poor experience that I understand that has been fixed um, for the most part. And so I just think, you know, on, on the, uh, on the Simon Sinek of, of, of adopting trail, typically what we've seen is HR is a little bit um, slower on the adoption pretty much as they should. And so uh, now they have a reason to, and now video is a normal thing. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, I, I, I think just a matter of adoption. There wasn't a need to try something new. Right. Right. Now there right. is. Yeah. It, it, it went from a nice to have to a need to have very quickly. Um, and then again, that's candidate side and employer side. So both sides uh, needed to, to be, be able to get to this fast. So we were going to get there eventually like electric cars. We were going to get there eventually, but the uh, COVID uh, if there is anything positive that's come from COVID, it has sped up some uh, adoption of technologies. So let's get back to the objective uh, and how to be objective uh, in this process. Um, obviously, we deal with bias and discrimination a lot. So one of the things I want to talk about is on both sides, what have you seen? Uh, what questions are you receiving from your clients? And then how, does, how can you protect against it? Like how do you how do you can how can you help people with maybe biases that they already have or to protect against biases from kind of coming into the process, et cetera? Yeah, so I don't want to make any um, drastic assumptions here, but would you say, William, and you're much, much, much longer, still young in spirit, but longer experience in talent acquisition than than myself, would you say majority of the bias discriminations either happen, you know, at uh, the names of resume or the name of the individual on the resume um, or in an in-person face-to-face interview or uh, once you've identified who that individual is on a phone screen. Would those be sort of the three areas that you would 
Yeah, I'd add, uh, I'd add speech or language. So, okay. so name. I mean, again, this is almost like you, you reverse this out to, um, uh, you know, where biases come from. And so you have biases against schools, you have biases against names, you have bias against a language, location, um, uh, you have biases. And then once you meet the people, so you talk to the people or the candidate, and then other biases could happen. And then once you meet them, all of those that we've talked about and other biases could creep up. In fact, Sherm has like, I think it's seven distinct interview biases that happen in person. So yeah. the like me bias, the, you know, all of that types, all of them, all seven of those are different. And those are all in-person interview biases. For sure. Uh, but yeah, I would add uh, just to your, just to the short list, language, language and location. Yep. 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 Okay. So let's remove for sake of video in the process. Let's remove the resume topics and let's talk about, you know, sort of the first interaction of the individual with the recruiter. So where I think majority of those problems happen is that not, not even that they're all bad, but majority of the problems that do happen is the recruiter is one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's on phone screen, in person, what it may be, um, is one-on-one -on -one with the candidate, asking questions, taking notes, doing all that. The problem is there's no ability to go back and re-watch or re-listen to that, right? And with asynchronous video interview, it's a recording. So you invite a candidate to complete some questions, they answer those questions, those were, you know, that, that stitched together video goes right back to the recruiter. Beautiful thing about that is you can re-watch it, you can share it, you can invite other individuals, uh, a part of your team to watch it instantly decreasing the risk of one person's individual bias, whether they're just biased because the, the recruiter was having a bad day or whether they actually have some deep rooted, you know, bad bias, which they probably shouldn't be in recruiting, but nonetheless, it still exists. And so where, where we see video uh, actually being a, a awesome lever that organizations can pull to start decreasing some of the negative discriminations that's happening is this is something that you can rewatch, review, rewatch, review. You can share it with individuals. You can invite other people's input. So it's not just your own opinion on that candidate. And that's where we see, quite frankly, uh, I don't know. I, I, I've never been more excited to enter into that discussion because I think it can be a huge asset. I love this. I love it, uh, and I just love the topic, and we could talk for hours about it, but we shouldn't because we people's attention span are, you know, we're already over, we're already over their attention span. We'll go um, from coffee to booze if we uh, talk for too ex long. Exactly. Can't do that. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you take a look at both Matt, Matt, look him up on LinkedIn, Matt Baxter, look at wedgehr.com, uh, uh, and also take a look at his podcast. He has a wonderful podcast. Take a look at that and get to know him because he's just a, a great guy, very thoughtful. And, uh, and again, just Matt, for you, thanks for being on the podcast. I appreciate your time today. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone that listening. And until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.